Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh, and this is our post-game edition following Oklahoma State's 29-21 win over Kansas State. Jacob, what a game we just saw. What just happened? It was very unexpected (laughs) in a number of ways. We can uh, try to talk about as many of them as possible here on the post-game edition of the Cowboy Chronicles, but it was uh, it was quite a night. Lots of things we didn't see coming. Um, really hard to kind of even wrap your brain around uh, around what what we witnessed based on what we saw the last two times we watched this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were looking for words to describe them that were uh, that were much more negative than the words that we're going to use tonight. Um, it was hard to describe but those two losses, and it's even harder to describe this win. You know, it's it was weird just to see an Oklahoma State team be a double-digit underdog at home against a, an unranked team. This is a good Kansas State team. I'm not trying to take any, anything away from them. That's a good team. That's right on the cusp of being ranked. Right, exactly. They're uh, they're 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 real close, and you know, if a dude from Missouri doesn't hit a what, 59-yard field goal or whatever 60 it was? 60-something yard 60, field goal. 61-yard like field goal. 63-something. Yeah. Um, you know, if that doesn't happen, uh, things look even even more different for them. So, anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's jump right in. I don't know. What do you think? Offense, defense, special teams, where do we start tonight, I think Jacob? we start with the offense because the offense really got things started they really for the first did. time this season. They really did. They, um, you know, they get the ball, go straight down the field on their first possession, and uh, they score on the first possession for the first time since the Texas game last year, last October, nearly a full calendar year, uh, nearly a full season in between games when they scored on their first possession. The offense gets it done tonight with a really, really efficient drive, I thought, um, you know, there weren't, uh, there were a couple of throwaways, a couple of missed opportunities, but not, uh, not a lot of bad throws or not any bad throws really. No. Um, you know, they ran the ball effectively on that opening drive. They and, hardly and ran out the day. On that they drive. didn't run it. They didn't run it much. And they had a flea flicker attempt. They did. They had reverses. Ran they, a reverse. They were doing creative, like innovative stuff that we hadn't seen a long, long time right. from OSU's offense, and yes. it was like Casey Dunn, you know. And I don't. I mean, this is. It was like Casey Dunn had the handcuffs removed, right, and had some yep. fun, yeah, and got Brendan Presley involved, got Ollie Gordon involved. Alan Bowman was later catching a pass, right, um, that he could have scored on had he not <laughs> tried to get cute. Which he admitted. Yes, I heard. I heard he admitted that and said, said he was trying to be. I got to. I got to trust my speed. Is what he said. <laughs> um, you know, and they're doing these things that all of a sudden you're just going. I think I tweeted like at one point in all caps. Where's this team been? Like yeah. this is not the team that we have seen for four weeks at all. No. And it was a very welcome sight, and you could tell after the game talking to Casey Dunn like. He was smiling more than usual. Like, you could just tell, like, this might have been a launching pad for moving forward for this offense. Right. You know, 
it was hard to really see exactly how much progress the offense had made at Iowa State. Um, you know, they put up good yardage, they put up some points, uh, but because they were they were playing from behind for uh, for so much of that, it was uh, it was tough to kind of recognize how uh, how much better they had played in that game. Um, but Alan Bowman looked even more comfortable. He made some really good throws. Couple of them that, uh, that that some some deep balls that could have been caught mm-hmm. that were uh, that were perfectly dropped in the bucket and um, just he looked um, much more like the quarterback that uh, that that a lot of us thought he could be when uh, when he got put in this situation and, and had and had the start to you know spring that he had and all of those sorts of things so. Very interesting, but I thought I thought the work they did over the bye week to install new stuff, uh, not just the trick plays that you talked about, which there were there were a ton of them and they were fascinating, uh, but just some more standard stuff or some of the uh, um, you know I, I, I think Dave on the radio was calling it yo-yo motion with uh, yeah. with Brendan Presley where he goes mm-hmm. one way, circles around, and then you never know what direction he's going to go from there. Yeah. Um, you know, they use that a whole lot more. And Casey said they have more they haven't used yet. Right, right, exactly. Because I asked him, I said, do you think Brennan ever gets dizzy doing this? <laughs> and uh, he said, well, there's more of it. So um, get ready, Cowboy fans. I think that there's some positive here and right. for this. Um, and it kind of makes you wonder what exactly the quarterback battle accomplished. Right. Um, you look at, at what the offense has looked like the last two weeks with Alan Bowman going the distance and Ollie Gordon as the featured running back. And you look back, not trying to, to knock anybody else that was, uh, that was part of those rotations, but this offense looks like it could really continue to make some great progress going forward with uh, with those two guys in the primary roles and um, you know yeah it does it does raise raise some questions about what exactly um, was uh, was was being accomplished or, or why they felt they needed to do what they did the first three weeks of the season so. I think we need to talk about Ollie Gordon a little bit too yeah oh absolutely he's become a monster he really has. And uh, you know, I, I was sharing with you some of the uh, some of the numbers that I had found from uh, from before this game regarding his effectiveness as a uh, as a running back when he gets a lot of carries, and when he has gotten uh, double digit carries. Uh, this is before tonight's 136 yards on what was it 21 carries tonight? Yes. Um, before that, he had three games in which he had gotten double-digit carries. All through, in, in those three games combined, he was averaging 6.4 yards per carry and over 100 yards per game. And he uh, upped all of those numbers tonight. Well, I don't know about the yards per carry, what, what that works out to. I can't do that math well enough in my head. <laughs> but, um, but still, an effective night. Um, but all his other carries outside of the, those three games that I talked about, averaged 4.5 yards per carry and, uh, and had uh, 235 yards total the rest of his entire career. 
So this is a guy who really relishes the opportunity to be a, uh, a, a feature guy, and he showed it again tonight, Jacob. Yeah, you know, when I, I asked him, I said, you know, what, what have you learned about yourself? And he's just, you know, talking about the durability and just the ability to do it, and he wants to be this guy. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's proven that, hey, he can do this. I don't let you do it every game because we've seen guys like Chuba Hubbard and some of the best guys. Right. You can see breakdown. But yeah. um, it's impressive. I mean, and he's so, so much of an energy guy for them, too. That right. you have to give him the ball as much as you can. Yeah. Um, and he, he caught a pass or two as well. I don't remember the totals on that um, off the top of my head. But, um, you know, I think he's producing. The offensive line's gotten better in front of him to really help him out, too. Um, I didn't really feel like the offensive line was a problem tonight. No. Which they, surprised me against a Kansas State defense. Exactly. Defensive front that's really good. Exactly. Um, I was really, really impressed with that. Um but not impressed as I am of you keeping stride, talking the whole time as we're driving through this construction on Highway 51, <laughs> and I don't know if we, I don't know if listeners can hear it, but all the you know buzzing and the rumble strips, and the yeah, rumble strips, and the, and the and the sensor. I had to, had to dodge a cone. At you, one you had to dodge a cone. Like yeah. this is uh, this that was elite work, everybody. <laughs> that was elite. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> It was uh, it was a little bit tricky as we. I'm over here trying not to laugh out loud the whole time. <laughs> so we roll down the street, roll down the highway in the uh, the mobile podcast studio. Um, but yeah, so so we saw you know there had been all these glimpses and little moments of, of things that you thought you know if they can if they can build on that this offense can be okay, and they put a lot of those things together in this uh, in this one game tonight. Now so, I have to say. As much we're praising the offense, they still only scored one touchdown. Yes, that and is kicked correct. five field goals. Really tempted six. Right. That's still problematic. It is. I don't want to let them entirely off the hook. No, it's problematic. It is. But that hadn't. That was a. That was a new issue. Like they hadn't. They'd had. They. They were one of seven teams in the country that had scored every time they had gotten in the red zone. Yeah. Their real issue was getting in the red zone. Yes. <laughs> they hadn't been able to get in the red zone enough the first four games. Yeah. Uh, but they had scored 11 times and 11 chances in the red zone. Nine of those had been touchdowns. They'd only been held to a field goal twice. Uh, but uh, that certainly changed tonight. Uh, I think it ended up, I don't know what the numbers ended up being on that, but it was three of four in the first half uh, in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of red zone opportunities and uh, coming away with uh, you know field goals and field goal tries. So uh, There were five of six, I think. Is that what it ended points, up being? Yeah. Um, because some of those field goals were out of the red zone, right? So, right. Um, yeah, I just I think that's still an issue, and they talked a lot about that in post game that they got to fix that. Yes, Mike Gundy, Casey Dunn, Preston Wilson, everyone I talked to said they got to fix that. Um, you know, Mike Gundy said he felt like they just got beat up front once you know, they got to a certain point inside right. the twenty, around the twelve. I think is what he said. And, yeah, um, that was concerning to him, but I think also that's something they can fix. Right. You know, I mean, they're getting there. Um, there was just the – there were two drives offensively that I thought. There was the one that got to the two that went backwards that I thought was not great play calling because mm-hmm. they had three runs with Ollie Gordon, yeah. lost two yards. Um, there was another three and out. I think they had ran the ball three times around some run two. But, right, yeah. But overall, I think an offensive night that, we got, that, that we've got to give good grades to all around, even if it's just field goals, because – there were more scoring opportunities than ever before this season. Yes. 
And exactly. They were moving the ball. They looked like they took a big step forward. Yes, absolutely. And uh, that seems like a uh, a good transition. Not to uh, not to short the defense because we'll talk about them plenty. But Alex Hale tying the school record for most field goals in a game. Um, the block the block field goal was was definitely not on him. A, 20, no. a 21 yarder. There was just a, a bust in protection, and and got it blocked. But uh, otherwise, he could have he could have been the uh, the lone record holder with six field goals. Uh, so I hope you had Alex Hale in your fantasy league. <laughs> but um, you know, really impressive again. Uh, ended up the the last two I think ended up being the shortest ones. It was like 25 and 31. Yeah, the 21 is what got blocked. Right, exactly. So. Um, and then he hits a hits a 53 yarder. Uh, he talked about you know the, you know obviously sitting you know, being in east west field with a, a north wind that, that had come in. It was uh, a little bit of a, a weird wind situation. But he talks about how the way the stadium is designed, uh, you know, it just the wind just kind of swirls in there, and so you really don't know what's going to happen with the ball when it's in the air. Um, he said that punts are way more affected by the wind at, at Boone Pickens Stadium. But um, still, a 53-yarder, second time we've seen him do that now this year. He's 3 of 3 from beyond 50, yeah. which is incredibly impressive because that was never one of the things that anybody really talked about with him uh, was was being that kind of a guy from, from long range. So, yeah. really- I think you know, people forget Alex Hale was Luke Rosa semifinalist a few years back. Right. Towards exactly. the end. Change everything. Um, big night for him, but I think we've got to talk about this defense now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, really, really strong performance. The question is, where do we start with this defense, man? It has to be Cameron Epps, right? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, this guy, second career start, two interceptions, pick six, turned this turns this game real quick in the first half. Yeah, he he absolutely did. Um, you know, he's a uh, he's a guy that. I think really benefited from the uh, the the open week. Um, you know, I felt like he was maybe a little bit shaky in his first start at Iowa State. You know, I don't know when the Lyric Rawls injury actually happened, so I don't know how much practice time he got uh, as, as far as being a first team guy. So, uh, you know, I think the extra time building up to this game really helped him, and I think that was important for for a guy that I mean, he moved into this position. In uh, middle of spring, um, you know, he was a cornerback. Uh, you know, Brian Nardo identified him as somebody who he thought was going to fit in that role really well, and made that move. He ends up behind Lyric Rawls. Lyric obviously gets hurt, done for the year now with uh, with knee surgery. That he uh, you know he posted the picture of himself on on social media after his surgery the other day. So um, really important development uh, with with. Uh, with Cameron Epps there behind Lyric Rawls, because uh, what we saw from the safeties tonight was uh, was by far, I thought, as a collection collective group, their best effort so far. Oh yeah, I mean, besides Epps, Trey Rucker had the best game of his career. Yes, eleven tackles, a career right. high, um, had a tackle for loss, uh, was all over the place. Wasn't the uh, problem in coverage that he was the first right. four games of the season? Um, he was a guy getting gashed a lot, but he covered very well. Didn't miss tackles. 
He did, made some really important tackles. Made some important tackles. He got covered up once on a big Will Howard run. Mm-hmm. Uh, not his fault, just you know, good blocking by Kansas State, which is what Kansas State does. Yep. Um, you know, and then I thought Kendall Daniels, like he he had a good night too. He didn't make the star plays necessarily, but he, right. he was making plays and racking up tackles and everywhere that he needed to be. And right. so I think the safety took a big step forward tonight um, because of Epson Rutgers. Yeah, and Daniels deserves a little bit of credit. I know that they scored two plays later. It wasn't a big deal. But the fact that he didn't give up on the long Will Howard run, they ended yeah. up reviewing it, putting him down at the half-yard line. Like I said, they scored two plays later. Um, but it would have been easy to uh, to take that play off when he was on, coming from the opposite side. He didn't. comes and chases him down. Uh, you know, not a moment that, uh, that that necessarily changed the game, but it was an impactful play and something that, that, that teammates recognize when you go and make a hustle play like that in that situation. So, um, you know, eight tackles, really solid night. You didn't see uh, him being out of position or getting beaten or any of those type of things, but... Uh, like I said, he, he wasn't necessarily making the star plays, didn't intercept a pass or, uh, or or sack anybody. I don't even remember seeing him come on a blitz now that I think about it. But um, but still, really solid. You can mind him with, with Rucker and, and Epps, and you've got a really solid safety trio there that uh, was pretty impressive. But the other place we could have started this conversation was with middle linebacker Nick Martin. How about those numbers? 17 tackles. Right. Uh, he had a sack. Yes. He had an interception mm-hmm. that pretty much sealed the game. Kansas State got the ball back again, I understand, but right. kind of locked that down as the one that sealed the game. Uh, it stopped a lot of momentum by Kansas State. Yeah. I did. called it a Malcolm Rodriguez-type performance to Mike Gundy, and Gundy said, well, hold <laughs> on did. now. Not so fast, my friend. Not he so dropped fast. Not so fast, my friend. But... Malcolm never had 17 tackles in the game. So it was a really, really good performance by Nick Martin, who I think is making a case for defensive MVP this season so far, bro. Shoot, the way he's really improved. He's definitely, I would say, the uh, the, the uh, biggest surprise. Is that, is that fair? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't expect him to start no. this season. No. It looked like like Justin Wright would be the main guy, and then you started to sort of hear that the Martin was maybe working his way into the rotation, then all of a sudden he's the starter, and now he's going out and making 17 tackles in a game. He's so, Justin Wright's out for the season. For the he is, and uh, and he's, he's done for the year, going to try to get the seventh year. Sound, sound, well, not sound like that's what he said on his, on his uh, uh, social media post. So um, uh, just to touch on another injury real quick. Dejon Stripling also out for the year, which is uh, which is unfortunate. He does have a he has not redshirted yet, so he can uh, redshirt still have two more years yeah. should he uh, should he so choose. But um, but yeah, three three guys uh, lost for the year here uh, just recently, and uh, this has been a team that hadn't really had a lot of injury issues, but that was a, uh, a pretty big hit with the, with that trio right there. Uh, but back to uh, back to Nick Martin. Uh, the, the most interesting thing that came out of tonight, Brian Nardo told, told a story about how uh, when he had first gotten here, 
his wife and kids hadn't moved yet, so a lot of times he would just spend his his free time up in uh, in the video room watching watching film and and studying things and and doing all that sort of stuff. And Nick Martin just started sort of started showing up all the time, and so they started watching film together, uh, just one on one time, uh, working together, learning the defense, um, learning all the concepts, and and I think it's made a big difference for Nick Martin who already sort of had the uh, that, that middle linebacker toughness about him and uh, you add in the the intelligence that he's gained uh, in his time working with Brian Nardo and the, uh, the the leadership that he has sort of taken on uh, in his own right um, he has really developed in a very promising way for this defense that sounds like a Michael Rodriguez story it Did really does sort of Jim Knowles yes I believe that's the case and so I just there we go I'm I'm not backing down from Reverend. I don't care what Mike tells me. Not That's right. Backing down from it. Well, listen. If if Mike treats it the way that he he treated my uh, my Cameron Epps Trey Flowers reference, he's going to come around. And, and next time on Monday, we're going to hear that I was right. Exactly, because he, uh, he 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 kind of hedged on on the Trey Flowers comparison. Yeah. Uh, on uh, on Monday, and then and then tonight he brought it up on his own and uh, and, and said that that was right. So I couldn't remember who said it though. No, he could not. I That's who asked. That's him. okay. He did call me educated. Did you he catch did, that? yeah. You said you were not educated. Yes. And he said, no, you're educated. Yes. I, so. I, I felt like he was uh, I, I felt like he was just sort of uh, playing me on that. I think he graduated from Mike Gumby's school maybe, of maybe uh, I education. Did. Maybe I did. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, we, we hit on a lot of stuff in a, a little amount of time there. Um, anything else? I, I, I guess we'll just jump right to it. The most important thing I forgot. I think we got to talk about the blackout, the fans, and the atmosphere in front of Right. It was awesome. It, it was. It was It was great. I wondered what it might be like being a Friday night when people got other stuff to do. Um, and and a team that's, that had lost two uh, really painful losses uh, in their last two games. I wondered if some people might bail on this or uh, decide it wasn't worth it. I mean, it got cold unexpectedly. Uh, you know, all these things that were kind of working against Oklahoma State, and the fans came through. So you're absolutely right. The blackout is always fun. Uh, I just, I just, I dig it. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, the fans really did come through, and they they packed the place and and. Uh, Brought a good atmosphere, and I think that was uh, that was valuable to uh, to the Cowboys tonight. All right, man. Anything else? No, I think we're good. I think we uh, I think we got it all covered. We'll uh, anything that anything else we forgot, we'll make sure to discuss on Monday when we're back at Stone Cloud for our our uh, regular Monday afternoon uh, live taping of the show there. So uh, so be looking for that. And uh, and with that, thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles. <laughs>